Father God, as we uh, come to your word now, I just pray, Lord, that your words would be what I speak. And I pray that you'd give us hearts to, to understand what you're saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. speak about truth today and those of you that know me will know that I'm you know I, I tell the truth most of the time a bit of hyperbole every now and again exaggeration Madeline will tell you about that um, but I thought let's think about truth what are the truths of our Christian faith what is truth to us this came up in our Bible study um, uh, at home group this week. We were talking about truth. And, you know, in this day and age, isn't it true that, that so, many, so many people think that they've got their own truth now? That, you know, that there isn't a, an absolute truth anymore. It's like, well, whatever you believe, that's your truth. You know, that's yours. And I, it's your right somehow to have that, uh, that truth. Um, but I think as Christians, we need to kind of cut through that a little bit. So always go to the, the, uh, the dictionary first of all. So what, what's, uh, what's truth? Well, it's the quality or state of being true. That's helpful, isn't it? <laughs> it does go a bit deeper. The quality of being in agreement with reality or the facts. Okay, that helps. Correctness. Reality and realising actual existence. Or it's a particular belief or teaching regarded by the speaker as the true one. Okay. Now, philosophers have kind of unpicked truth, haven't they, over thousands of years, um, trying to define what a, a kind of universal truth is. But, you know, and is there an absolute truth? And um, poets have kind of waded in, and novelists, and so, so you've got Keats in the uh, 19th century saying, "Beauty is truth, and truth is beauty." That's all ye know on earth and all ye need to know. That's okay then. Um, Jane Austen in 1813 said, it's a truth universally acknowledged by a, that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Well, there's a truth we can all go to. <laughs> Madeline's one of my favourite wives. Jefferson in 1776, Thomas, <coughs> said, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and he really meant men, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then they went and put the Second Amendment in and gave everyone a gun, and it kind of ruined it, but there you go. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Well... None, none of those really get to the bottom of what truth really is, do they? They're kind of scratching some nice ideas there. Murrows uh, tells a story of, uh, of a man um, who said he'd been converted to Christianity because he went into a bookshop and he saw two books on the shelf side by side. One was a, um, uh, a hardback called The Myth of God Incarnate. 
and a paperback next to it was called The Truth of God Incarnate. And he said he could only afford the truth, so that's how he became a Christian. He bought the paperback. <laughs> I think we can only afford the truth too. And there's many, many um, exhortations in the Bible to walk in, in the light and in truth. So we get in Psalm 119, verse 72, that really long psalm. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Psalm 23. I'm oh, sorry, Proverbs 23. Um, and verse 23. Buy the truth. Do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. So here we've been told to, to, to spend money on the truth. You know, really take it seriously. It's an important thing. Seventy-eight times in the course of the Gospels, Jesus prefaces his words with, I tell you the truth. So he must really have wanted us to understand the things that came after those words. But we sometimes misunderstand the truth, even though it's right in front of our eyes. Don't we? It reminds me of a, of a kind of apocryphal story of a <clears throat> weird universe where somehow Lenin and Stalin and Boris Johnson were on a train together. Okay, just suspend your disbelief for now, all right? Travelling on a train, the train grinds to a halt and the guard comes back and, and says, sorry, but the train's not moving. And um, <clears throat> Lenin says, well, we've just got to re-educate the people. Go and re-educate them. So the guard sort of went away and and came back later and said, the train's still not moving. I tried to re-educate the people, they, they didn't listen. Stalin wades in and says, well, send them all to the gulags then. So there's sounds of scuffling and people move, moving away. Um, and the guard returns and says, we're still not moving, despite moving everyone to the gulags. And uh, Boris just says, well, paint the windows black and tell everyone we're moving. Yeah. Look, the church should be moving, but we need to embrace the truth in Jesus. Blissful ignorance in that, uh, that, that Boris Johnsonian way just won't do. And we're not alone in our misunderstanding of the truth sometimes. Because throughout the Bible, there's examples where there were misunderstandings. So in John 2 and 19 and 20, we, we hear Jesus answering them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Jesus replied, it has taken, the, the Jews replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days. So there's a misunderstanding of what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about him, himself, himself. <coughs> excuse me, the bodily temple, not the physical temple that the Jews were thinking. They just misunderstood him. <coughs> excuse me. John 3, verse 3 and 4, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. How can a man be born again unless he's 
when he's old, asked Nicodemus. Surely he can't enter his mother's womb a second time and be born. So again, a misunderstanding of what Jesus was really talking about after I tell you the truth. John 4, 13 to 15. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks this water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give will be, become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again and keep having to come back to the well to draw water. She just didn't get it. John 4, 32 to 33. But he said to them, I have found, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, oh, could somebody have bought him something to drink and to eat? They just didn't get the idea of spiritual food. So there's, there's loads more examples of, of where the truth spoken by Jesus was just misunderstood. And after all those misunderstandings, there's another explanation by Jesus, which also begins, I tell you the truth. So he then goes on to correct those misunderstandings, which is which is good. Ephesians 6, 10 to 19 talks about the belt of truth. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Still not over my COVID kind of pop. <coughs> Ephesians 6, that, that talks about the armour of God, talks about the belt of truth as one of the pieces of the armour that we should all wear. That's something that we, we, we need to put on every day, this idea of putting on the belt of truth. Um, <clears throat> philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche wrote that God is dead. We all, we've all heard that. He didn't believe in anything much. Uh, he he uh, was one of the, uh, the, the initiators of the, the, the nihilists, or nihilists, which is from, from the Latin for nothing. And then there was a Russian novelist, Turgenev, who actually first used that word, nihilist, in his novel Father and Sons. But Nietzsche was the one that developed the, the philosophy. But, you know, <clears throat> it's, it, it's such a shame to believe in nothing, isn't it? How can we as Christians reconcile that against the consistent truth in the word of God? Jesus' words, I tell you the truth, all the time, keep coming through. Nietzsche said, truth is an illusion. There's no such thing as truth. All is subjective. <coughs> That's very much the view of the world <coughs> at the moment. So sorry. Isn't it that everyone's got their own truth? <coughs> Your Theresa May moment. My Theresa May moment. She did a speech, speech where she couldn't <coughs> stop coughing. Right, sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my Theresa May moment, apparently. <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> Do you want some water? No, thanks. Yeah. 
Right. Okay. There's an old there's an old joke um, from the First World War, which is pretty macabre, really, but I'll I'll tell it anyway because it kind of does make a point. There's a guy searching around the mud, and he sees a, <coughs> a, a helmet sticking up out of the, the mud. <coughs> and he starts tugging on it because he thinks he'll take this as a trophy. And he finds there's a German soldier attached to the helmet, still alive. <clears throat> he pulls him up and he says, I'll try and get you out. He's pulling and pulling and pulling. And eventually the German soldier says, do you think it'd help if I took my feet out of the stirrups? <laughs> <laughs> but the point of the story is that when you start digging for the truth, you you, you find surprising things sort of buried beneath the, beneath the truth. But we find as Christians that the truth is the bedrock of our existence. <coughs> John 1, 14 says, <coughs> the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is our truth. So what do we believe in? What is our truth as Christians? It has to be the truth if we're to fulfill Jesus' commandment of walking in the light. We're reminded to seek the truth and to value it. It's more precious than gold and silver in Psalm 119. One of the places that, that kind of summarises what we believe as our truth is, <clears throat> is in a statement of faith or a creed and, and we commonly use the the nicene creed as our uh, statement of faith um, and as christians we can speak the, the the words or read the words and know that those things are what we believe so <clears throat> we believe in one god the father the almighty maker of heaven and earth we believe in one lord jesus christ the only son of god we believe in um, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm, I'm summarizing here rather than reading the whole thing that He rose from the dead in accordance with the scriptures, ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. We believe in one uh, holy uh, church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look to the resurrection of the dead and the work of the life of the world to come. All of those things in there <clears throat> are truths that we can believe in. And they're based on scripture <clears throat> and experience. They're not just things that kind of mysteriously fell onto the page. <clears throat> they all have a basis in scripture, and that's that's where they need to have that basis. <coughs> so, belief in God, Genesis 1. In the beginning was God, and he created the heavens and the earth. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. He is the rock. His works are perfect. All his ways are just. <coughs> Faithful God, who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. One of the things in the 
in the creed is that we believe in the Holy Scripture, <clears throat> the word incarnate. The Bible in 2 Timothy 3, verse 15 to 17 says, how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, <clears throat> rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we have this truth based in scripture all the way through. Jesus. Where's our truth for Jesus? John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you <clears throat> are not just my own, but rather the Father living in me, doing his work. We believe in salvation, the life of the world to come. Romans 3, 24. And we are justified freely by his grace. Grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement. There's our truth on the bedrock of the scripture. The Holy Spirit, John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. In the church, we believe in one holy Catholic and that's the church, Catholic with a small c. Colossians 1, verse 8. The church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, that in everything he might have supremacy. So I suppose what I'm saying is the truth is a subjective thing. It's based on our scripture. It's based on what we believe. And everything we believe is on that bedrock of scripture and experience. And we need to walk in that truth every day. Truth is to be sought. It's to be worn like that belt. To be walked, it should be borne out in our lives. <coughs> if the spirit of, the, of truth lives in us, we should live the truth. The absolute truth. Let us pray. Father God, thank you. <clears throat> what we believe, the truth, is not just stuff that is has no foundation, but that sits on the bedrock of your scripture and your word and our experience of you in our lives. Lord, help us each day to put on that belt of truth, to walk in it, to believe it. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>